ஹலோ எவ்ரி ஒன் வெல்கம் டு தி லெவன்த் எபிசோட் ஆஃப் செக்டூல்ஸ் போட்காஸ்ட் பை இன்ஃபோசிக் கேம்பஸ் ஐ எம் யூர் ஹோஸ்ட் ஆஃப் திஸ் ஷோ சன் ஆஃப் தாமஸ் டுடே வி ஹேவ் அ கெஸ்ட் அசீம் ஜாக்கர் வித் அஸ் டு ஸ்பீக் அபவுட் இஸ் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்ஸ் இன் இன்ஃபர்மேஷன் செக்யூரிட்டி ஃபீல்ட் அசீம் இஸ் வெரி இம்பேக்ட்ஃபுல்லி கான்ட்ரிபியூட்டிங் டு செக்யூரிட்டி கம்யூனிட்டி ஓவர் அ டெக்கேட் நவ் நாட் ஓன்லி ஓப்பன் சோர்ஸ் டூல் டெவலப்மெண்ட் அண்ட் ஷேரிங் ஹிஸ் நாலேஜ் பட் ஆல்சோ ஹீ ரன்ஸ் ஒன் ஆஃப் தி லார்ஜஸ்ட் செக்யூரிட்டி கம்யூனிட்டிஸ் இன் இண்டியா கால்ட் நல் செக்யூரிட்டி கம்யூனிட்டி is also the co-founder of security conferences such as Nalcon and Hardware.io which is running very successfully past few years. Let's hear from Asim more about his work and also his journey so far. Hey, um, welcome Asim. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for making the time for this. Thank you so much, Sunil. a lot of people know about your work um uh, what what you do to the community um it's being an immense pleasure to have you in the uh, podcast um especially uh when we are close to nalcon <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let's start with uh, where did you start from um what was your background how infosec came into your your career space um so i i would like to uh, hear about that first Sure, right. All right. It's uh, pretty interesting. So, uh, this is during my uh, graduation days. Uh, uh, I, I was not from uh, computer science background. So, I, uh, I did my uh, hotel management as bachelor's. But somewhere around the third year, we had uh, this computer lab and uh, computers as a subject. So, we started, I started spending more time in the lab. at that time you know doing nothing but just chatting on irc and browsing stuff and then you know just got uh, interesting and i spent more time on irc rather than going to the classes and then uh, one day i got this uh, uh, message uh, from someone and you know i was asking how do you get uh, the op status on the channel and he says okay type this in uh, mirc and you become an op and i typed that and I got a blue screen of that. <laughs> so they restarted the machine and I went back to him and I said, "Hey, what did you uh, do? How did it happen?" And he started laughing. He said, "No, no, that, I was just joking." And that 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 was uh, the the trigger. So I wanted to know more about how uh, this could happen. Though I didn't figure out what it was, but that was the uh, the point where I started my um, uh, learning into computers. So then I learned uh C C++ and then a little bit on computer uh, architecture and then I finally decided that I'm not going to pursue my career in hotel management but I'm going to move into uh, computers. Oh interesting. So, I I am doubtful a lot of people may not know about this history but that's that's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so my yeah my father told me to do MBA instead of uh, doing a computer course but I was I don't know I said no I want to do and the only thing I could do at that time was masters in computer application and so then I joined masters I finished it then I joined uh, an antivirus company and then and then all, it's all history <laughs> yeah it's quite a history <laughs> <laughs> when you started um into um computer science or maybe uh, those days yep. uh, infosec wouldn't be a, a particular academic uh, subject uh, what oh, what yeah. was the way for you on those days to pick up um security subject um nothing self study so 
so whatever we could find on internet and you know just talking to other people so i always had this need to you know talk to other people to acquire more knowledge mm-hmm. in uh, the subject and uh, that was probably uh, the trigger of uh, starting the null community as well yeah so that's where i'm coming into next um null community it's quite a big thing um uh, we started um you know as a community and it becomes one of the largest conferences in india um a, a lot of people getting benefited out of it uh, in local chapters and even outside india as well how did that thought of creating an infosec community uh, in india okay so so when i joined this company i did a little bit of work on uh, anti spam technology then i moved on to uh, working on mail security in another company then moved on to ibm where i worked on uh, their uh, intrusion prevention systems and firewall uh, part of the development team and uh, you know i still wanted to you know uh, talk to people who are in security to you know obviously enhance my knowledge and that's uh, around 2000 seven i started speaking to my friends colleagues and i said hey there's no community here in india i mean you have java user group you have microsoft user group you have linux user groups but there are no security groups we had owasp at that time but it was not very active mm-hmm. and that's when we decided to start the null community and yeah slowly slowly uh, people started coming in and then people from bangalore uh, joined in and then yeah then other chapters as well and then somewhere in 2010 we thought hey uh, why not have a conference where you know we can get international participants as well international speakers so that you know we can interact with them as well so that's when i quit my uh, job me and my um, uh, co-founder mm-hmm. and we started working full time on the conference so the conference is um, uh, separate from the community itself the conference is run through our company incidentally the name is the same because yeah that's how we started yeah and yeah and then yeah let's just again history <laughs> <laughs> it's been yeah. yeah a lot of people uh, i mean it it becomes more approachable for uh, like minded people and then share knowledge and that's what actually a, a you know a whole growth of security community in india has begun um a major part is actually played by uh, null security community and nullcon as well so thanks for uh, bringing such a amazing idea to the community No well, thanks for people like you man uh, you've been supporting the community for a long time so you know the hardships and you know the ups and downs yeah yeah and then uh, when did you uh, so so if i know that okay you started your career from uh, maybe a hotel management but you didn't pursue it and then you start you moved to um, computer science uh, stream and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you remember the first program that you wrote a first project apart from what what we wrote normally in college but uh something uh, that is usable yeah. um yeah yeah so my one of my projects was to write an anti spam engine mm-hmm. uh so it had uh, you know i had to write the engine itself and the uh, the, the scoring part of uh, the engine also mm-hmm. so that was pretty interesting that was the first time i was professionally uh, coding mm-hmm. and uh, it was a big deal yeah it was it was uh, the engine would go as part of the mail security offering uh, from the uh, company so that's when you know, i i i did a little bit of uh, uh, you know bayesian 
at that time. So a little bit of machine learning, neural networks, and other stuff. Uh, that that was, I mean, that was. Uh, uh, till now, I think if I, uh, I would attribute most of my uh, uh, professional learning would be from that project because it was my first project and I was uh, one of the core developers for. Uh, I mean, we had a very small uh, team, so we had uh, another person who was. Uh, uh, who was an experienced uh, uh, developer, and uh, me. So I was sole, solely responsible for the engine itself and especially the uh, the, the ML part. Great. Uh, so in a way, you started um, career in IT slash infosec uh, for, as a as a developer, so, or yes. you you started like building security tools. Um, do you still have the tendency to go back to you know coding platforms and then start writing something oh yes 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 so uh, <clears throat> i think i, I left uh, ibm in 2010 uh-huh. so that was the end of my uh, prof- I, I wouldn't say professional but uh, uh, mandatory uh, development uh-huh. So after that, I moved on to security consulting. And so I would always have this itch to develop something. So I kept on, you know, uh, developing something or the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, most of them are on GitHub or Bitbucket. Yeah. I, I remember uh, your, um, if I'm not wrong, it's it's pr- pretty much your first talk in, in Black Hat was something on Jugaad. Yeah, that was DEF CON. That was DEF CON. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that was that the the first security tool that you wrote uh, independently as an open source apart from uh, the the previous um, um, you know spam, spam filters that you're working? Yes, yes, and that that was yeah. So I was looking at uh, how uh, Windows malware propagates and how does it uh, basically work? How does it inject code into uh, different processes and uh, and then runs as uh, a thread within those processes. So when I looked at Linux, there was nothing. Uh, Windows actually provides APIs to do that, but uh, in Linux there was none. So I set out uh, looking for a solution for that, and that's how I. Uh, and so I wrote a POC, and then I thought, hey, why not create a library? If uh, just as a POC, if anybody wants to test, how do you inject uh, code into uh, a remote process? Yeah. Uh, and then you moved into um, mobile security researchers, and you wrote some um, some tools and some some uh, test application also to actually practice with mobile mobile testing as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I was doing uh, uh, mobile security training. Uh, actually, it's quite interesting. So uh, once I finished Jugaad, uh, I started uh, uh, looking at Android uh, OS. Mm. And then I figured that, okay, Android usually runs on uh, ARM processors. So I thought, essentially, it is Linux. Why not port my uh, tool to this, uh, the Android platform? And then I started looking at, uh, because uh, part of the uh, uh, part of the code is assembly. So then that's where I started learning ARM assembly. And then once I finished it, I wrote the, uh, the version for Android, which is called Android. Yeah. And after that, then I got into the application part as well, and I started doing trainings. And then I figured out why not create an application so that you know I have all the real-life challenges mm-hmm. uh, or vulnerabilities that we've seen in the apps, and just combine all of them and 
so anybody who wants to learn Android security can just you know, download this app, install it, and then uh, go ahead and solve all the challenges yeah. in the meantime and while learning Android security as yeah. well. One way to actually learn a subject is probably, you know, trying to automate things or maybe trying to create a test application like this. Uh, that's a great way of learning because by developing those things, we will be learning ourselves as well. Yes, um, yes. Do you think maybe, you know, going to a, um, uh, you know, test, test uh, tutorials or something like that will take more time than... Um, trying to like self-learning is is more faster than just following something else uh yeah i mean initially it is slightly difficult and i think that's uh, that's uh, one of the primary reasons why people look for uh, trainings mm -hmm. and uh, uh, tutorials but uh, definitely i mean um, i would advise that if you want to learn a specific technology or uh, uh, security aspect of that technology i think you should go ahead and build something onto it because then you get uh, you get to understand uh, both the aspects from uh, the security uh, perspective as in from an attack perspective as well as the defense perspective because you're actually developing uh, a solution down there. yeah yeah and and that's what pretty much more industry requires now uh, there are too many um, exploitation frameworks um, and defensive side um, fairly minimal when we compare the exploitation yes. part um, yes, um, yes. We, we normally say that, you know, it, it maybe takes just one person to find out like one missed out loopholes to break the whole enterprise, but it takes the yes. whole village to defend against. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, then after that, uh, the whole IoT uh, uh, issues started coming up in the industries. Uh, you moved to IoT securities and then you created an amazing tool. Uh, let me get this correct. Uh, explore exploit IoT. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> it's called exploit. Exploit. Name is a pun on exploit. Yeah. yeah, it's IoT. Yeah. So after mobile security, we I started to look, and there were a lot of uh, uh, IoT products coming up, and every product would have uh, a mobile application. Mm -hmm. And then I was also getting interesting uh, interested into uh, hardware security. Yeah. And it was at that time, I think, uh, there were a lot of talks and research on, coming up on hardware security as well. Right. And it, yeah, so that's when I decided, okay, let's try some uh, hardware stuff as well, IoT stuff as well. And then we started uh, doing some research on uh, IoT products. We would just buy uh, stuff off the shelf from AliExpress and other websites mm -hmm. and just test it out. And then we started doing professional pen tests. And one of the things uh, I realized that uh, the, the time for preparation uh, was one of the major challenges for any uh, IoT security assessment uh, project. A, because there's usually no relation between two different IoT projects. It can be totally uh, different. For example, you would test a temperature sensor and the next project would be a washing machine. Totally different use case. So, and uh, the kind of protocols, the kind of hardware is, is different. So you would need different set of tools. And uh, the problem, uh, problem is that there are no uh, commercial tools available where you can use them to do uh, assessments. So you have to do, uh, you have to choose tools for specific uh, uh, protocols as well as uh, hardware. So for example, if it's a flash chip, 
you would need uh, uh, some kind of a connector to uh, extract data from it. If it's uh, Zigbee, then you would need uh, a Zigbee sniffer uh, or a replayer. If it is uh, some, some other protocol, then you would need some other uh, tool to do it. And that was, I think, the trigger point where we decided, hey, why not have a framework where you can combine the most important or critical aspects of IoT uh, and not touch uh, on stuff that is already available. For example, uh, mobile assessment uh, uh, frameworks. Uh, there are good uh, open source uh, frameworks available. Uh, there is MobSF, uh, there is uh, Drozer, there is uh, uh, Android Tamer uh, by uh, Anand. So uh, it doesn't make sense to uh, have reinvent the wheel. So then we started looking at what is not available for uh, IoT. And uh, uh, most of the IoT protocols, there is no uh, specific tool set that you can uh, use. So and for everything, there there is a different uh, uh, tool or a package or a framework. Uh, for hardware, again, uh, for everything, there is a different uh, uh, tool set. There is a different uh, hardware tool that you need to use. Uh, so we started focusing on IoT protocols, radio IoT protocols, and uh, the hardware and uh, the firmware. And that's when uh, we, I decided that, okay, we're going to write a framework where we can do automate most of the test cases which we manually do uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And so I started it, I wrote it in Ruby and then I eventually figured out that there is not much support in Ruby for uh, hardware, uh, hardware, specifically no libraries or packages that uh, support hardware protocols or radio protocols. And so then I scraped that and moved to the Python version. So yeah, so currently we are at the uh, Python version of the framework. It's in alpha stage right now, but I have huge plans for uh, the project yeah. and it's open source. Yeah. When, when we, uh, you know, this is gen- just a general question. When, when, we, when we start, you know, doing an automations around one particular technologies or one particular challenge that we're facing on a real, wo- real work desk, um, do we actually have a final plan in the first, first place? Uh, like now you said it's just in the alpha, alpha stage. Uh, but the the whole alpha stage itself was pre-designed, or you also evolved into what it is currently right now. Yeah, yeah. so it is completely evolved to what it is right now. When I started, I the focus was more on things that I knew at that time, and what was available uh, as open source. Mm-hmm. So I started with focusing on uh, some of the IoT protocols, and then. Uh, slowly, slowly, then I included some uh, hardware, some, for example, right now for hardware, I have uh, some plugins where you can do some kind of an automation to fuzz test or uh, brute force uh, serial communication with the uh, device. Uh, you can uh, extract data from uh, EEPROM chips, from uh, SPI flash chips. Uh, but that was, uh, I, I didn't know how to do that in the initial uh, uh, version. So it has evolved over time and now at least I have uh, a fairly clear idea of what are the things that we need to uh, put. Yeah, for the future releases. Yes, for the future releases. Um, Technically, you know, um, pretty much a lot of security professionals start from maybe a developer background or from college, then they have some developing skills and then they come to security and they may be getting into traditional web app or, you know, network testing. Um, and then 
moving into uh, an IoT or a hardware field, coming from, especially in your case, you're coming from probably a you know developer background, um, and then moving completely into hardware, knowing about you know chipboards and you know sockets and whatnot. Uh, what is the toughest part? What what was the toughest challenge you faced uh, for learning? IoT technologies and also about uh, developing a framework around it. Uh, so I won't call it toughest, but uh, definitely something that uh, uh, required a lot of effort and time was the hardware part, because I had no prior knowledge about uh, uh, hardware and electronics since I'm not from the electronics yeah. background. I won't say I'm an expert right now, mm-hmm. but at least I have a fair amount of idea of what goes where and what do you need to do to uh, assess uh, a certain component yeah and pretty much some of the con- uh, concepts for assessment remains remain the same that's my thinking so if you have uh, a well or well organized or a uh, comprehensive process for security assessment in your head or in your uh, excel sheet uh, and you change from target to target only the specific test cases change but the, the whole idea about how uh, what has to be tested yeah uh, uh, it pretty much remains the same mm-hmm. yeah probably the 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 um, fundamentals of security remain same uh, yes. among all all other technologies that you have yes um do you uh, feel that maybe learning more about arm um um, in in Android kernels and all those things helped somewhere in learning IoT technologies. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, because uh, uh, from uh, from the assessments that we do, most of the times we get uh, uh, ARM-based chips. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it be- so now it is fairly uh, I won't say easy, but uh, uh, it's not very difficult to reverse engineer code to understand uh, uh, the logic. Yeah, right. So reverse reverse engineering is a, a, a very important skill if you need to get into IoT or even uh, hardware or embedded uh, security assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not just binary, but protocol level itself. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other challenge uh, probably you might have solved by creating uh, again a community around hardware, which is hardware IO, uh, another excellent yeah. Yeah. Uh, initiative. Uh, yeah. It, it, was it same like uh, Nalcon started? You you didn't see any other IoT conferences happening or you know hardware conferences happening and like hey let's start something. Uh, what's the inspiration yeah. behind it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, in 2013 uh, we started thinking of uh, taking Nalcon outside India. Mm-hmm. It was just three years, but we had plans of expanding. Yeah. And so we did a lot of survey for uh, an year or two, and then. We figured that, let's say, even if we take Nalcon to Europe or US, what is the value that we're going to add? Because uh, there are already a lot of uh, uh, security conferences in Europe and uh, uh, US. And and at the same time, uh, I was getting into uh, IoT yeah. and reading a lot about uh, you know, hardware security. And then we just we were just discussing, and we thought, hey, let's look at uh, uh, what kind of hardware security conferences are there uh, around the world. And then pretty much uh, there were 
very limited number of uh, hardware security conferences and most of them like were uh, academic driven so then we thought hey why not uh, have a conference that is more focused from the industry and practical perspective and that's when we decided on uh, hardware yeah but you also bring um, these iot trainings to nalcon as well so it's it's more accessible for indian yes. Uh, crowd yes yeah that's amazing um all right what's the future plan for uh, exploit exploity so uh, we are going to so i'm working on uh, uh, the the enterprise version for mm-hmm. this uh, so the plans are that we're going to create two lines of uh, products for this one is for the uh, the product vendors themselves where they can use the uh, the, uh, the pro version to automate their uh, security and regression testing for their products so they can just have uh, one product which can do most of the work for them so they don't have to like get uh, you know thousands of different uh, tools uh, to run their uh, security test or automate their uh, security testing right and the other line that uh, we're looking at is the security assessment for smart infrastructure mm-hmm. so if right now we don't have uh, two smart infrastructure but it's just a matter of time where you'll have smart cities you will have uh, industrial iot uh, within the critical infrastructure you have transportation uh, so how do you go about testing uh, the smart infrastructure you have uh, you know um, lighting systems talking zigbee or talking some other protocol so uh, that's where we're uh, right now focusing more on to have a kind of a vulnerability uh, uh, man- uh, vulnerability assessment as well as vulnerability management uh, uh, platform for uh, security assessment of the smart infrastructure yeah i think a lot of um, um, those devices also uh, maybe evolved from i don't say it's like iot but like a lot of custom devices right yeah i mean you already have uh, some of the infrastructure in place like in building automation people are already using hvac systems mm-hmm. uh, we're now seeing a lot of uh, uh, ble sensors within the uh, uh, within the offices as well and then for lighting uh, you use zigbee then people are using smart meters uh, lora protocol for example is becoming pretty famous yeah. uh, for uh, these uh, smart devices so so over time i think most of the things are going to be uh, automated whether it's your office your home or uh, uh, the critical infrastructure but uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, domains um, we are seriously looking at are uh, healthcare yeah. and uh, uh, smart infrastructure which includes your smart cities and the uh, uh, the new generation uh, critical infrastructure yeah, because that's where uh you know the damage is more or you know there is threat to life as compared to home automation uh, system for example um, when when probably an iot security research uh, in the whole world started um before that maybe um a lot of vendors were not really taking care of security at all like they were throwing devices with like default passwords or no logins or things like that over maybe um, i don't know maybe 3 3 4 years or 5 years down the line do you see vendors are taking more responsibility to you know provide 
um, some level of security at least in, in these days IoT devices? Um, yes. So there, uh, there are efforts already uh, started where organizations are coming up with guidelines on uh, IoT security. So it would require uh, some kind of a push from the government side as well. Plus, uh, it would require uh, an incident. For example, uh, uh, let's take the case of Stuxnet. So after Stuxnet, uh, things changed for critical infrastructure. Now people started taking it very seriously because uh, you have uh, a clear case study where uh, it was demonstrated that you know you could uh, cause a lot of damage. So I think we're we're waiting for that to happen in uh, IoT itself. And and I think again, critical infrastructure, uh, uh, transportation, uh, and uh, healthcare. Uh, these are the three places where something is going to happen. Yeah, I think after after like um, a few years back, the Mirai incident happened, then people are like really responding to at least before. It, normally, when we report any any security issues to any hardware vendors, usually we tend to get no responses. Um, so yes. At least they are getting like more responsive when they are taking security incidents, and then some work is going around it. So security researchers in IoT field is doing something good to the world yes 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 but mirai as a uh, uh, is i mean well, i not really not a, consider yeah. it as a as a true uh, iot uh, based yeah. attack because it mostly targeted uh, uh, devices yeah. like routers yeah, right. and uh, ip uh, and ip cameras so ip cameras to an extent we can consider that as uh, iot but routers have nothing to do with yeah. IoT. okay but so that's what so we're still waiting for uh, 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 an attack so demonstration so there are two things either a demonstration of an attack mm -hmm. or an actual attack so uh, no matter how many demonstration of attacks you do people uh, you know still will not take it seriously for example uh, researchers have demonstrated uh, uh, a vulnerability in uh, a lighting system where they could uh, maliciously uh, have uh, do a malicious firmware update uh, and then it would spread as a worm to all the different uh, uh, lights. Yeah. And then uh, the the Jeep car hack. Mm -hmm. So they're all demonstrations. Yeah. But once there is an incident and uh, if there is uh, any loss of life, that is going to change uh, things. Yeah, I think the impact they'll actually see. Now the things are like, hey, you need a physical access or you need to be in the range to access it. And so there are a lot of restrictions they are putting to defend against uh, fixing security on on these devices, yeah, yeah, that's that's very um, correctly put. But um, yeah, I mean that that incident actually going to cause something very bad. Uh, let's hope industry will take it seriously before such kind of a very bad incidents happens uh, in in real yeah. time. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing that has uh, that has happened to the software industry as well in the nineties when the whole uh, dot com. Uh, during the whole dot-com bubble, uh, people started learning about web security and then there was a shift from no security to people uh, worrying about web security. Yeah. And it's the same case here as well. There are a lot of startups right now working on really good products but uh, lack the motivation for uh, security for various reasons mm. like their funding status, uh, their awareness levels and that will change over time. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, it's uh, great, uh, great talking to you, uh, Asim. Um, 
lot of stories a uh, lot of inspiring things um before we wind up um, normally we ask uh, the speakers to give some comments to the communities how they want to aspire uh, in infosec field or in iot field or in, in generally in technology field uh, say a few words okay all right uh, so i mean i'll just talk in uh, a generic sense here that if you want to get into uh, security uh, focus on uh, the uh the domain or the topic that is more uh, most interesting to you and then don't wait for uh, somebody to teach you something yeah. no matter how many trainings you do just if you uh if you just take the uh, the target whatever it is and if you start working on it on your own reading up on your own about the protocols i think you will achieve much much way more than you know doing five trainings or 10 trainings on that uh, specific subject because while you are doing it yourself you are uh, a learning about the concepts plus you will find new things which no training is going to teach yeah it's it's very obvious to know that this is coming from a life experience yep uh, thanks thanks asim uh, nice talking to you yeah. thank you so much sanu yep and hopefully see you at narcon <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks everyone for listening i'll see you again in the next episode